Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. I pray this week's sermon will guide you into a deeper understanding of the greatest news in the entire world, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We value the local church at Central Baptist, so while we are thrilled that you are streaming this sermon, we want to make sure that this never replaces your commitment to the local body of believers. If you are in the Maysville area, I am personally inviting you to be a guest at one of our weekly services. Come and join us. I promise you will love it. We are a church committed to loving God, loving each other, and loving our world. So if God is using this to impact your life, please consider partnering with us in spreading the message of Jesus to everyone on the earth. I hope this message helps fix your eyes on Jesus and drives you deeper into the gospel. You know, I am, I am amazed at how... Uh, the Holy Spirit can uh, kind of tie things up so neatly in ways that, that I would not be able to do on, on my own. And I see this particularly in, in how I, I, I've been preaching, and particularly through, through, through the books of, of the Bible. My, and as we have gone through um, the book of Acts, I, I would have probably not picked this passage to normally preach on this this Sunday, if I were not just kind of going, you know, going by section by by section, because in our passage this morning we we come across this guy named Eutychus, right? Now Eutychus, uh, his name literally means that of of luck, or uh, he is fortunate. But if you were paying attention during our scripture reading, we know that Eutychus uh, had a, a sleeping problem, and he and he fell out of the window and ended up dying. Thankfully, he was brought back to. To life, but as I was studying this message, I don't think it could have came at a, a more uh, um, uh, opportune time to connect with with me because I relate a lot with that of of, of Eutychus. If you've um, uh, you know been around me much over the last um, year, you know that one of the things that I, I, I struggle with is is sleeping. Um, and now some people have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, going to sleep. That is not my that is not my problem. Uh, the problem that I have is I cannot get enough enough sleep. So I can sleep all night, but yet I'm still tired throughout the day. And so uh, you know, I, I as I've thought, I've, I've really struggled with this for 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 most of of my my life and in fact i recall back to to being in a high school in humanities class which for the most part i, I loved humanities but uh our teacher would would often so she did not have to teach would play the video and and we would turn off the lights and watch these movies they were very boring movies and i would sleep through through them and i remember my mom being a teacher at the high school um has his pluses and minuses so uh this teacher went to my mom and said I'm really upset that your son is so disrespectful that he's sleeping through 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 all of these classes. And I replied to mom, I said, all she does is turn off the lights and play videos. I said, you can go back to tell her if she had the lights on and actually taught us something, I might stay awake. But, um, uh, but as I've gotten older and my, uh, coming on the heels of my, my father having a heart attack, I realize I'm not getting any younger and realize that 
that sleep is important and um, it can have some deadly consequences, I thought I might need to get that checked out. So over the last several months, I've had different different sleep studies. Uh, to this point, nothing to avail. But this weekend, I ended up having a, um, they call it a multiple latency sleep test. Now, I had to ask the nurse what that meant because I had no idea. But um, basically, I, and I know some of you here have, have had one of those, but on Friday night, I went to the to the hospital and uh, did a normal sleep so they hook your brain all up and all the put all that gook in your hair and all these wires in your nose and everything then they ask you to get a normal night's sleep like come on now um so you sleep all night then they wake you up at five o'clock in the morning i was like you are a brave woman trying to wake me up five o'clock in the morning and they wake you up and then for every two hours you have to stay awake two hours and then you take a 20 minute nap and you have to do that for five five different different times and so I go through through that, and so at five, so at seven o'clock, it was time for my first nap. The lady comes in, hooks up. They take away some of the wires, but you still are hooked up. And uh, and so it turns out the lights, and I take take the nap, and then then she comes in again twenty minutes, and I said I was just getting going, you know. And it turns the lights back on, and so then I have to stay up another two hours and repeat, and we kind of do this until about three four o'clock tomorrow or yesterday afternoon. And at the end of it, she uh, she said, "So, do you feel like you 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 slept?" And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I've slept." And she's like, "Well, yeah, because the computer she could tell." She said, "But one thing I noticed is that you fall asleep really quickly." And I said, "Yeah, I mean, that's I've never had a trouble falling asleep. Usually, as soon as I hit my head, I'm I'm on the pillow, I'm, I'm gone." And she said, "And I said, is there?" She's like, "Well, you're not normal." And I was thinking, <laughs> so I was thinking, well, you know. We could have saved a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money if you just called my wife, because she would have told you that. that I was like, but then I said, who wants to be normal, right? You know, so, uh, so hopefully I do have another doctor's appointment coming up and we can find some, um, uh, some, uh, some clarity to uh, this issue. But, but as I've been reading, and so part of my time during those two hours is I was you know, kind of meditating over this, this passage. It's like, man, me and Eutychus, we got something in in, in common. So a couple of things. One, I, I never take offense if you might doze off during my, my sermon. I don't think you do it because you don't like me or that I'm boring, although maybe I am. But pretty much my entire life I have slept through my father's uh, sermons. And so I, 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 I get that, okay? I get that. Um, uh, but the main gist of our passage in these first 12 verses of Acts chapter 20 is it's not that of Eutychus falling asleep and falling out of the window, although that is the most exciting part of the passage, but it is how Paul provided great encouragement to his fellow Christians. So what I want us to, to see in these verses this morning is how we too are called to be encouragers to our, our fellow believers. At the beginning of this passage, we, we, uh, it comes on the heels of what we saw last week and where Paul was uh, escaped from a, a riot that was happening in the town of Ephesus. So he escapes fearing for his, his life and he is trying to get back to uh, the, the Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. And, and he does so by going through Macedonia and, and Achaia. And, and on his journey, he met danger at those different places. And so he had to, to pivot and go to different, different routes. But what we see in these verses in Paul in his journey, despite the danger that he encountered, is that he sought to go to towns where he had already established churches. 
And he did so to go to provide encouragement to these believers. Now, during the time of, of these verses, the several months that, that it, it takes place, Paul wrote uh, the book of 2 Corinthians, the letter to, to, to the church in Corinth, as well as the letter to the church in, in Rome, to the Romans. And, and so he made very good use of, of his, his time. And as he is going to, to Jerusalem, that's his goal, that's where he wants to get. The reason he is going to Jerusalem is because as he was going along the way to these different churches in the different towns, he was collecting offerings to be able to take money to the believers in Jerusalem because their church needed, needed funds. And so we can see that, that Paul encouraged not just through spending time, although we'll see that later, and through his gifts and through words, but he expressed encouragement and love through financial gifts. Because giving financially expresses love, right? It shows that you're taking something that is important to you, and money's important to all of us, and giving that sacrificially to, to others. You know, Paul sometimes gets a, a, a bad rap because he, he's seen as being very deep and theological. And some of his writings are, are I mean, theologians today debate the, the complexities of them. Sometimes he's, he's harsh, it seems almost, and he's firm and, and calling out sin. I mean, read 1 Corinthians. Um, but Paul is also speaks truth in, in love. We see that in the book of, of Ephesians. But Paul was a great encourager. He did this by providing encouragement through his, his letters to, to the churches, um, but even more so through the time that he spent visiting all of these churches that he helped to plant. You know, I've been on uh, several different uh, short-term uh, mission trips uh, around the world and around the, the country and one thing that I've, when I'm there, I like to just to, to get to, to know the missionaries and ask questions and uh, get to, to, to learn not just about their life and mission, but how they interact with others that, that go on, on mission trips. And one thing that I kept hearing from the different missionaries is that, um, that it's not always a blessing to have especially Americans come to their, their country to, to, to be on mission. You might think that, you know, what they, they need our, our help. But he said, but one, specifically, I'm thinking of one, one missionary. He said, you know, he said, to be honest, and he is an American, but he said, American Christians are kind of arrogant. <laughs> they think that they know how to do everything. They think because they grew up in church and they know the gospel that their way is, is the right way. And he said, just because something works in the, in the South in the United States doesn't mean it's going to work in, in Asia or in, in Africa. And then we try to caution them to be, to be careful in how they talk, but honestly, they, they, just don't, they just don't listen to us. And in the end, they can cause more harm than, than good. Not often I would ask the missionaries, what, what is the greatest thing that we can do when we come on, on a short-term mission trip. And they're like, well, it's not thinking that you're here to save all of the lost people that we've been here for years trying to reach, but that now that because you come and you've got an American flag on your hat that all of a sudden people are just going to fall on their knees and, and worship Jesus. And he said, that's not it. It's not the fact that you might bring all kinds of, of materials that we are too poor to afford and that we need your uh, you know, Sunday school books in order to be able to save people. 
He said, the greatest thing that you can do is, is just to come and to spend time with us and to encourage us as missionaries. I tell you, being a missionary is, is a lonely job. <laughs> You're in a country with which there are very few people that, that look like you. And the spiritual warfare is, is very, very high. Remember one missionary was with in, in Southeast Asia. In the, in, the, in the subdivision that they lived in, it was largely uh, Chinese people. And this was not in, in China. But, um, and, and, and the Chinese are very superstitious uh, on people. And, and so they practice feng shui and might think, well, that's just a nice way of, you know, decorating your house. But it is very, um, very religious in the, in the occult and what they believe. And so you, if you, it's interesting. You go into most Chinese restaurants, you notice that there is a, a fish tank at the entrance. And that's not just so that you can look at the, the pretty fish. It is because the fish in the water there captures the evil spirits before they can come into your house. And so you go into all of these houses, and they, they lived in, in one of these houses, and, and, and there's a nice little pond at the entrance to with fish in it to be able to ward off these spirits. And he said, it's amazing when you come into our subject, you can just feel the weight of, 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 of this false belief and just the, the, the spiritual warfare that is, that is going on. And sadly, many missionaries uh, come home because of, of loneliness and the ability not to be at home with your family during the holidays and, and just feeling like you're isolated and that you just can't do it anymore. So the most important thing that, that we can do to missionaries is, is being encouragers. And so, yes, we do that when going on short-term mission trips, but we can also do that here now as through our prayers for our missionaries. You know, get the calendar with the missionaries' birthdays. In fact, my, my buddy in... in, in uh, and uh, in, in Asia right now has just had a birthday last week. And I know that there were thousands of Southern Baptists that were praying for him because uh, his name, uh, because of that he was uh, he is a missionary and, and writing encouraging notes uh, to missionaries or sending care packages uh, to them with communication. Now, get on the, the IMB's website, the, the, the North American Mission Board's website. Uh, there are prayer requests that are on there and you can send emails to specific missionaries just to ways to be able to, to encourage them. So we see that, that Paul, he encouraged these believers in these churches that he went because he took the time. He didn't go from point A to point B. No, he went point A to point B, up here, down here, over here. It was really not very convenient to do that. It was dangerous to do that, but because of the importance of being that encourager, he took the risk to be able to encourage these young churches. So we too, if we are Christians, we are called to be encouragers. Look what uh, the Apostle Paul writes here in Romans chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. He says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. All right, so he's building it up through, with the spiritual gifts. And it is that is that we may be mutually, what? Encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. We are to build each other up in the faith, to encourage one another. That is a gift. We use our spiritual gifts not, to, not to, to help us to feel better about ourselves or not even to do good things, but the reason that God gives us through the power of the Holy Spirit these spiritual gifts, it is to encourage one another and to build us up. 
So Paul was able to encourage the new churches in Asia because he spent time with them. And he went out of his way to visit them. So how, what are some practical ways that, that we can encourage one another? I came up with a, a couple of, of, of different ones that, that, that might be beneficial to, to us, applicable to us here at, at Central. One of those is, uh, to, is to give to others. Is to, to give, meaning financially give to, to others. Uh, one way is, is, is through the faithful giving of our tithes and our offerings. Uh, yes, we, 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 we keep part of our money. We have to, to keep the lights on and the buildings repaired and thankfully to, to pay my, my salary. Uh, but a lot of the money that we bring in every week goes right out. Uh, every week we have our missions moments talking about our cooperative program giving. Right, that's a fancy term that means that, yes, we give part of our, 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 our tithes and our offerings to, uh, to the missions through the Kentucky Baptist Convention to do missions here in our own, uh, our own state, as well as uh, to, to, to our national efforts around the country and even internationally. All right, we give sacrificially through our, our missions offerings to uh, to, to, to take the gospel to, uh, through North America, through Annie Armstrong offering, as well as, as the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And uh, thankfully, we have, we have hit those offerings. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know about you, but I, I like having the, the goal, and, and I like actually achieving that goal. In fact, in the last couple of years, we've hit those, those goals. Might be time to, to stretch us out a little bit and to, and to bump that up. Let's see what else we can do. But, you know, nothing deflates a church than when they're facing financial difficulties. You know, I know of, of churches that have hit hard times, particularly when, the, you know, the, the recession uh, came and, and they, they faced a financial downturn and sadly they had to, uh, they had to let go of church staff members because they couldn't financially support them. They, they, that doesn't breed excitement in a church when you're having to, to, to get rid of, of, of people because we can no longer pay their their salaries. It is, but it's encouraging not only when we, we meet the, the budgeting and the giving that, that, that we have set forth, with, which we did last year, but, but we know the good that comes from giving and giving sacrificially. Uh, but we also need to, 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 to be uh, on, on the lookout for how we can encourage other people who are in financial need. And I, I've seen that firsthand from so many of you. In fact, a lot of those gifts are anonymous and we, we want to keep them that way because we don't give in order to, 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 to have people to look at us. Oh, wow, you're super spiritual because you give money to this or that. No, we don't use it to puff ourselves up. But, but others, we, people give generously in order to help those who have certain financial needs. Secondly, we need to give or we need to visit with others. We need to visit with, with others, right? We, we see that. That's what Paul did, right? He made every effort to visit all of the churches that, that, he, plant, that he planted. You have to be present with people in order to provide encouragement with them. So one of the ways we do this is to, to be present at church, to come to church, Yes, hopefully you get something out of it. 
And I pray every, every week that, 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 that you get something out of my preaching, out of the singing, out of a Sunday school, that you get things out of it. But, but our coming to church is more than just what we get. We encourage each other when we gather together. But secondly, we also need to spend time with each other outside of church. Whether that's going to events together, or to a, a ball game, or out to eat, or having others come into your home and playing at game night, or this or, or, or that. Spending time out, outside of, of church. One of the greatest ways that I, I've seen that, and I think our church does an excellent job of that, is when, when others are having a time of need, particularly in, in, in medical situations. I can't tell you the times where I... I, I, I hear of a, somebody in the hospital and then I go up to the hospital and I see the, the hospital room or the waiting room full of, of church members. I can't tell you how much encouragement, one, it encourages me as your pastor, but how much encouragement that brings to that person that is, that's in the hospital. Because we should, it shows that, that you care in their time of, of need. You know, I, as a as a pastor, I I I love to meet with with other other pastors as well. I think part of that is just my my heart. I grew up in a pastor's family, and so my dad being a a pastor. Now that I'm in that role, and and there's a lot of challenges that we as as pastors face. Some of those are very similar to that of of missionaries. It, it can be a lonely a lonely job a lot of times, and um, sometimes it's just. Because of our own, our, our own thing is, is we, we get involved in our, our study and you don't get out there to, to, to meet people. But, but even then, there's just a, a certain spiritual weight that, 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 we, that we have. And, um, and that's one of the questions on, that I had to take on the, the medical test is, you know, is there ever any, any stress or anything you've overwhelmed with? And, and for the most part, I would say not really. I don't, you know, I don't let things weigh me down off, but... There's always a burden because I feel when somebody else is hurting, when somebody else is suffering, when somebody else is, is going through difficulties, and I feel that. Uh, and, and so there's always this, this burden. And so I, uh, you know, I, once a month I get together with uh, our, the Limestone Ministerial Association, different pastors of different denominations. We, we come together uh, once a month and uh, wanted to talk about the community needs that we have here in, 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 in Maysville and to hear about ways that we can partner together to, to solve those. But Recently, I was asked to become the, the president for, for the next couple of years. And um, one of the reasons that they asked me, and because I, 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 as I was talking with them, I said, you know what, I want this to be a safe place for us to encourage one another. It's like, you know what, we, we don't have to all believe everything down to the, to, to the minute detail. We can have different ways we do church, different things that we believe. But one thing that we can all unite in is, is to encourage each other, to build each other up, and to, and to pray for one another. And I don't. I, I love going to you know every month uh, to take the time out to go to meet with these uh, men and women of God to, to encourage one another. Thirdly, here we... We also must serve with others. We must serve with others that provide such great encouragement to each other. You see, Paul didn't just go on this journey alone, as Nick so um, 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 well said all of these names. 
Paul took a bunch of, uh, of guys with Greek names uh, with him, all right? And I will just leave it at, at that. You can um, get out the, the phonics and try to figure those, those names out. But, but he took a, a band of brothers with him to I- encourage him. He encouraged them. They encouraged him. They served the Lord together. And so they, as, they, as they went, they all had a, a piece to play. Some of them were newer believers, kind of learning the ropes. Others were more, more mature in their faith. And so they all worked together to, 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 to serve not only themselves, but also the churches that they were visiting. You know, nothing is more encouraging to me as your, as your pastor than, than when we have needs in our, our church that we, we need to have be met, and, and someone says, you know what, I'll step up to, to serve in, in that way. I mean, this is a perfect example is that in our, our King's Kids ministry. You know, we, we have well over 10 adults that are, are serving in, in, in this ministry because it, it's a pretty big and involved uh, deal. I mean, and because I, I wanted uh, this, uh, this, this program, yes, I want to, 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 to teach our kids the Bible, but also to reach out to, to, to others. And I knew that we couldn't just do that with just me in there or a couple of people, that in order to do it well, we needed an army of caring adults to be able to invest in the lives of these children. And I'm going to tell you, in the last year and a half of my time here, the, the scariest time that I've had, one of the most trying times of my, my faith was, was planning this King's Kids ministry because I was like, here, I've got all of these ideas. I've got all these thoughts, ways that we can, you know, we can, we can help and to serve our community. And I said, what if I plan all of this and, and nobody, nobody agrees to help? <laughs> and, you know, it, is, it was a test of my faith, and God does this often. He's like, man, Dad, just... You know what? Just take a back seat. I, I've got this. Don't worry. And and how many people have stay, have uh, taken uh, have stood up and just say yes? I will. I will serve. Doesn't mean we we still we still need some some more people, especially if we continue to to grow with this ministry. Actually, one specific need, and please be in prayer. We need somebody to help out and uh, be a helper in our mission, friends. So we've got several preschool age kids. Although we're not, that's not for that in the community. We have in our own church with kids that are, are parents that are serving in the ministry, and uh, we need we need somebody else to to be in there. So if you'd be willing to to do that, uh, come in and and serve uh, with our mission friends. But another specific need that I've, I've seen in our, our church is, is, is that in singing in the choir. I've heard there are several people, I'm not going to point out names, right? not point fingers at anybody, but people that have loved to sing, that have been in, in the choir for whatever reason or, or no longer in the choir. And look, I, we all have our, our reasons and that's, that, that's okay. But we have uh, musically a lot of things that we would like to uh, accomplish here at a church. But one of the needs is, is, is we need uh, the people to, to come and to support as we sing in the choir. You know, I love that. And one of my favorite times that I've been since uh, uh, been here at Central was, was our Christmas cantata. I mean, talk about uh, an amazing uh, uh, um, an event. Having the orchestra here at full choir is almost like we were singing Joy to the World. We're going to blow the roof off of this place. And I kind of hate it because we just put the new roof on there. But that would have been okay, you know. But um, And yes, as amazing as that is, the most important thing that we do as a church, is not our Christmas cantata or the special events that we have. It is the weekly gathering of the church to worship. And one of the ways that the choir can do that is, is, to, is to help us to lead the church in worship. And so uh, 
If you are seeing, and I pray uh, that God does not guilt you, but I'll pray that you might feel some conviction. And if you do, that, that's a good thing. Come talk, talk to Judy, Daniel. Come on Wednesday nights uh, to, to choir rehearsal. And, uh, and we, have a good, we have a good time just worshiping, worshiping the Lord together. So yes, we, we must give. We must visit with others and we must serve with others to be encouragers. But what are some reasons you might think that, that believers don't in, encourage one another? I mean, there's quite a few. There's a couple that, that, that stuck out to me. And one of those is that, you know, we think we're too busy to encourage, right? We think we're too busy to encourage. And I mean, keep your, raise your hand if, you, if you're not busy. Yeah all of us are that's just the nature of life in fact i think if anybody were too busy to use that excuse to to not encourage others it would be the apostle paul right i mean if you look at this bible it's a big bible and uh it's bigger because i had to get bigger font but uh as you you look at most of the new testament was written by one guy who was that was paul all right he wrote a lot right and he wrote in the midst of being persecuted and being tried and, and beaten and, and almost put to death, and he ended up dying. Uh, but he was busy, and he traveled all of the time. He made tents at the same time, and, and he did all of, of this, but yet he still found time to encourage. You know, then there's those times where I think I'm too busy to do things. I think of my, 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 my friends and pastors in, in, in Scotland that are, um, working in the in the, the housing projects and the schemes, I mean these guys they put me to shame. Uh, all the pastors in, in these churches, they almost all of the time have have a recovering drug addict living in their house with them, so that they can these people that have been clean for some time can see what a, a Christian family looks like, and, and, and how how they they interact when they're outside of of the church. Some of them preach every week they meet sunday morning sunday night wednesday night right. others of them are are leading bible studies during the week they are all required to work with a nonprofit organization in in their area in order to build relationships in the community they have a cafe that is open every day of, of the week just a gathering place a safe place for for people to to come and so they 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 work either either behind the scenes or they're out just meeting with people to be able to share the gospel with them and then um and then uh, as well as they're required to meet one-on-one to disciple somebody to somebody else and they do all of this and i'm like man and oftentimes they go from early in the morning to to late at night and they still have time to to care for their their family and but one thing that i found is as they're doing all of this work is they encourage each other as they are working see just because we're busy doesn't mean we can't encourage one another no, you can encourage each other as you are as you are busy, right? It's not one or the one or the other. But secondly, we I think often we're we're too self-absorbed to to encourage. We're so, too self-absorbed to to be too or to encourage. We we think about our life, and you know, man, things just aren't the way that that I want them to be. It's almost the kind of the Eeyore syndrome. Woe is is me and. And don't get me wrong, I know people have, have great problems and we pray fervently uh, for that. But uh, if we're not careful, we, the whole world can become a route about us. And so we, instead of thinking, how can I encourage others, often the thought is, is, well, nobody's reaching out to me. You know, and I love it, you know, sometimes you'll have people like, I saw so-and-so at, at the grocery store and they didn't say a word to me. 
And often my response is, is well, did, did you go up to them and, and, and talk to them? And they're like, well, no, but they should have just known that I don't do that. They should have just saw and they should have taken the effort. So, well, maybe we should be the first ones to initiate that effort to be encouragers. I mean, look at Paul, right? He was beaten, right? He had death threats. The church was unstable. It was, he didn't know what, whether they were going to be able to meet. The, and he didn't know whether or not he was going to die in the next city. But yet, he was an encourager. He didn't spend all his time focusing on his problems. Though he poured his life into others. See, when we, when we, when we don't encourage, uh, we, we convey to others that, that we don't really care. And most of the time, that's not true. Right, I, I know, I mean, I, I think we can, safe to say that all of us, if not most of us, uh, really do care for other people. But sometimes when we don't act that out, it can come off as that, as that you know what, we, we, don't, we don't care. And so the thing is, we have to be proactive to be an, an encourager. We have to take that first step sometimes to that person that we see that, that may not, um, you know, that, 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 that may not come out and, and say something to us. We, we have to be looking for opportunities to be encouragers. But there's also kind of the flip side. There's some things that, that, that discourage encouragement. Right? You know, they discourage encouragement. Things that we need to kind of be on the, on the lookout for, to, to guard from, because if we're not careful, they can creep into the church. They can creep into our hearts. And they breed this, this sense of, of discouragement. One of those that I think affects many churches is when people are harsh or critical toward each other. When they're harsh or, or critical toward each other. You know, it, we are saved by grace. Not through works, right? It, it is the gift of God. That's what the Apostle Paul teaches us, us that. Everything that we have is a gift from God. We deserve nothing other, to, other than to spend eternity in hell. But thankfully God loved us enough to save, save us yet while we were still sinners. And so that, that the mindset, you know, is, gives us we should be a people of, of grace. We should show grace to others, but oftentimes we can find, and, and I even it creeps up in my own heart, is that, is that we can be harsh or critical towards each other. So when we see somebody do something wrong, what do we do? We're quick to point it out. Now, not that we shouldn't be, have a good thing of, of self-awareness, but there's a way to, to approach criticism without being critical. All right, we, should, well, we should speak truth in, in love. Truth in love. So we should not have that critical spirit in us to where we're always talking bad about other people. What I find interesting is when we talk bad about other people, we often talk good about our, ourselves. And if we're not careful, that breeds a sense of arrogance in our own, in our own mind and our own hearts. Um, you know, my, my dad would tell me, because I struggled with this, he would often say, you know what, if you don't have anything nice to say, what you say, nothing at all. Yeah. And then he would go on and quote some scripture, says that even a fool is thought to be wise when he keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> so, but uh, may we not be harsh or critical toward each other. Here's another one I, uh, that can creep up in the church, and that's just being angry toward one another 
maybe somebody has done something to, to offend you or to, to harm you. And I'm not saying that, that it doesn't hurt or that it, 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 is not, it did not happen, but, but we should not harbor anger in our hearts. Because you cannot be an encourager when you're constantly angry at others. We also can see this when we, when we show no patience toward each other. Honestly, this may be the biggest one of, of all of them. Is, is, is I find that we don't tend to be very patient. Now, we want all the patience in the world with us. But yet, when it's showing patience to others, we're, we, don't, we, tend not to, we tend not to be very, very patient. And I've got, Riley and I will often, she'll, she'll come in and say, Daddy, Daddy, i got, got, got a little secret. She says, come here, come here, come here. And I'm like, of course, you know how little kids whisper. It's like, and then it's really loud. Um, but I've got, I've got a secret for us. All right, everybody come in. Let's see. It's none of us are Jesus. All right, none of us. None of us are, are Jesus. All right, none of us are perfect. All right, we are all sinners saved by grace. But with that, we are all working toward being like Jesus. Now, each of us are different levels of, uh, uh, of, this, of this, uh, this life, but, but we, are to, we are to have patience toward one another. So when somebody messes up, somebody acts a way that is unchristian, yes, we should talk to them about it, but we shouldn't expect perfection because none of us are perfect. We are working towards becoming like Christ. I had a, a pastor mentor of mine would, would say, and he said, after years of just working with young pastors after they got out of seminary, he said, one of the common things that, that, that they would come back and tell me is how messed up their churches were. I'm like, well, first off, all churches are messed up because we're all messed up people, right? <laughs> uh, he said, uh, I love it. Uh, he would say, uh, you know what, if you find a perfect church, don't go there because you're going to mess it up as soon as you could if you join it. <laughs> but he said they were all in, and they were talking about how they won't do anything. They won't follow their leadership. They won't, you know what, they, their, their attendance is spotty. And all of these, they don't give like they should. And all of these are things that, that they're not doing. And he said, I finally came to the realization of the best help that I could get. And he said, this is it. He said, one, you need to lower the expectations of your church. And you need to raise your own expectations. And I think that's a, a good philosophy for, for all of us to, 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 to live out, is that we expect so much from other people, but yet we don't really expect a whole lot of ourselves. But if we were to flip that around, specifically with encouragement, is we should expect us to be overly encouragers and to lower those expectations of of others. If we did that, that builds encouragement and builds and builds unity. Well, we get into the, the second part of our passage in verses 7 through 12. I kind of already hit on some of that with, with Eutychus, but the thing is, it's not about Eutychus falling asleep during Paul's sermon. We, we, we see a couple of things in, um, in, this, in this passage. One is they were meeting on Sunday. Now, this is the first time in the New Testament where we have a reference to the church meeting on, on Sunday. Now, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's just the first instance we have because they met on Sunday out of remembrance of the resurrection of, of Jesus. And for throughout history, that is why we still meet on, on Sunday. Secondly, they, they, we see that they, they took the Lord's Supper. 
they, they took communion. Now, the practice in the early church is that they, they took the Lord's Supper every week. Now, I don't know. I tried to do some research. I don't know when and, and where we, we kind of got to where we, we take it. You know, most Baptist churches I know are kind of once a quarter type of things. I, I, don't, I don't know where that, that came from. I'm sure at some point in, in history, maybe it was because of the, you know, the difficulty of getting it all together. In it. But there is no command in Scripture to say that you must take it to, you know, every week. In fact, it does say when you take it, do it in remembrance of of Christ, but we also see that they were meeting in, in a house up in the upper room, and it consisted of, of a meal. Now, one thing, obviously, we, we see that this church here in Troas, they were Baptists because they were always eating. And uh, one thing I love, uh, you know, is, is our meals together. Uh, and you can in, enter, engage with somebody a lot differently when over, over some food. Maybe it just puts us in a better mood. Uh, we're not quite as hangry uh, as we might be otherwise. But, but they were eating, and, and they were meeting at, at, at night. So it starts, Paul waits till midnight before he starts his sermon. Now this was a long sermon. All right? Thankfully, we don't, uh, we don't want to uh, get into this habit of preaching all through the night. Um, and Eutychus, it's warm. They've got the lamps going. Eutychus is sitting up in the window seal, And he's probably a young, young fellow. And he falls asleep. And he falls out of the window. And it kills him. Now, you might know, think this young church in Troas, to see this young guy senselessly die, didn't have to die. If he was just sitting on the floor, he would have just fell over, right? Not out of the window. They were upset. And so Paul rushes. They go outside and they're like, oh, no, here's you because he, he's, he's dead. And so Paul said, hey, guys, wait, let me encourage you. So what does he do? He picks up Eutychus and he holds him in his arms. And through the power of the Spirit, new life was breathed into him. And we see in verse 12 that it says, they took the youth away alive and they were not a little comforted. Now, another, the same Greek word could be encouraged. Paul encouraged this church in, in Troas through the healing of, of, of Eutychus. So they met on the, on the first day. They took, broke bread together, and, uh, and, and, they, and they heard the sermon preached. Now, after the, Paul was done preaching, he went on to the early hours, it says the daybreak, and he was teaching. Now, this was different than, than preaching. It, I would kind of consider this more like a, a Sunday school style, more interactive. They were just talking about, about the Bible. But the church was encouraged. So we are to, we encourage the church when we show up. We encourage the church when we show up. We already talked about that. When, when we, we come on Sunday, not just, to, you know, not just to, to come to check off, yeah, we're a good Christian, we've, we've done our duty. No, every Sunday that we come to worship, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. There's something special about gathering together to, to worship each week. Meeting together for worship, it, it should encourage us and it, and it reminds us that our greatest problem has already been solved. That's our, our sin problem. Death has been defeated. Every week I talk with people who are going through some really great struggles, battles in their lives. Some I talk with, they're like, I don't know how I can go on. Because we, we need to be reminded that the greatest battle's already been fought. And it's already been won. 
Our greatest battle is not what we must do. It is what has already been done by Jesus Christ on the cross. And it is through our faith. We need to be reminded of that. And my goal every week is that we walk away with that comfort, with that encouragement to know that death is defeated no matter what we face, no matter how bad our problems are, no matter what we see out there, no matter what the instability of the world is, is that we have faith that we know that Christ has defeated sin. And no matter what we face, we know that our hope is secure Now we can face tomorrow because Christ has defeated death. See, we we worship both horizontally and vertically. We worship God. It's between us and in Him we praise Him, but we also worship with one another communally. Look what the Apostle Paul says here in, oh, let's skip it. Keep on going. Here in, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, let us, Consider how to stir up one another with love and goodness. All right, stir up would be to encourage, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Show up and encourage one another. We also encourage when we take the Lord's Supper. I think uh, we encourage each other when we take the Lord's Supper. It is a privilege. To take the Lord's Supper. Now, we, we, we differ in, in, with, with some other traditions with, with how you take the Lord's Supper. Uh, we believe that it is a symbol. Right? The bread is a symbol of the body of Christ. The juice, the, the, the wine, is, is a symbol of the blood of Christ. But it is a privilege to come to remember the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is power in the taking of of the Lord's Supper, it unites us with, with the Christians from history past. But it is also visual. It's a visual representation of the gospel, is it not? We, we actually can look, and I hope you do as we take it, you, you meditate on, on the bread before you, you eat it and think oh, what Christ has done for you. And as you drink the cup, the blood of, of Christ, people notice about every time after we take the Lord's Supper, Riley will come up and say, ask questions about, about why do we, we do this? What is the purpose of, of, and it leads to a gospel conversation. But it also unifies the church. It's been said that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. I don't think there is anything more humbling than to look at the cross. May we... May we keep our eyes focused on the cross. We do that through, through gathering together, through taking the Lord's Supper, and through encouraging one another. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for, for who you are, O oh Lord, for what you have done for us. God, we thank you for the cross. God, we're thankful that Jesus came to live the perfect life we couldn't live. That he died the sinner's death that we deserve and that he defeated death on the third day and rose from the grave. God, I pray for those here this morning that have not yet put their faith and trust in Christ. I pray that today that they would take hold of that gospel and cling to it with everything that they are and everything that they have. God, I pray that we would be encouragers Yes, encourage one another in the church, but encourage the world as we, as we go out our everyday day lives. 
God, I pray that we would take the example of the Apostle Paul, that we would, oh, that we would put others before ourselves and that we would fulfill the two greatest commandments in Scripture, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God is inviting you to be a part of this story He is writing throughout the ages to come. He is offering salvation to you today, which is your invitation to the rescue God offers. You can embrace the rescue of God by simply admitting your need to God, asking Him to forgive you, trusting in Jesus alone to rescue you, and following Jesus Christ, the King of your life and faith from this day forward. If you would like to give your life to Jesus, go to God in prayer and confess your need for Him and that you choose to follow Him. If you have chosen to follow Jesus, please let us know. We want to continue to pray for you and to send you some resources to help you to grow in your faith. Well, I hope you enjoyed this sermon, and I look forward to seeing you in person at one of our weekly services. Could you do me a favor? Please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash cbcmaysville and share or comment on the things that we post because it helps others to hear about Jesus. God bless.